Well, it's Thursday night football, and you know what that means. NFL crossover. We take you behind the scenes and prepare you for the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers Thursday night football from First Energy Stadium. We'll talk to Chris Carter from Locked On Pittsburgh Steelers, as well as Jeff Lloyd from the Locked On Browns podcast. It's a special edition of Locked On NFL crossover happening now. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the NFL crossover episode here. We're doing crossover Wednesday here, speeding it up a little bit for Thursday night football so we can get you an early look here. I'm Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. He's Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns, and we're breaking it down here for all of you AFC North fans who want to get a preview of this battle. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. Jeff. How you doing, my man? Uh, Chris, it's been a while, man. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, always a good time as we sit down here and do this. I mean, this rivalry is, you know, it's one of the best in sports, even, mm-hmm. you know, at times it's been very, very, very lopsided, as many people know. Uh, but look, it's Thursday night, um, all eyes on it. So, you know, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, a lot of new names that will be introduced to this rivalry uh, come Thursday night. You know, as maybe the first time, you know, the Browns in like forever have not seen Ben Roethlisberger quarterback yeah. this team. So it, it's certainly be a fun one. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, and like you said, both teams need it because, look, um, either team wins this game. Um, it'll give, you know, it, for Pittsburgh, it'll be 2-0 and within the division. For the Browns, it'll be 1-0 and with the division. And yep. each one of these teams, regardless, walks out of that Thursday night, knows for the next 10 days, most likely they hold sole, sole position in the AFC North. So it's a nice spot to be in for two teams that are still trying to find themselves this early in the season. I feel you in that, but tell me about, let's lead off with this. Tell me about (laughs) what, where do the Browns find themselves right now? Because you you see the injury scares. Clowney is is already said to be out. Uh, Miles Garrett didn't practice on Tuesday, on, on Monday or Tuesday, which, you know, raised a lot of eyebrows, Joel Petonio in the same boat. Are, are, are the injuries there for real? And what are the things that you're looking at the most for the Browns right now? First to, uh, first thing with the two injuries is if both players finished the game on Sunday, you kind of got to think that th- maybe this is like, uh, you know, Miles, nobody knows your body because, look, we ain't got doctors who can figure your body out. So, you know, just let us know where you're at at about, you know, 5 o'clock on Thursday. Joe Batonio. Um, look, it's going to take a, it's going to take a thousand wild horses to take Joe Batonio out of a Pittsburgh Steeler Cleveland Brown game in understanding, you know, that this is huge. You know, the Browns lost one last week that they probably the most likely, who are we kidding? They shouldn't have <laughs> any other way. There's no other way to slice it. They shouldn't have lost it. And I don't think Joe Batonio is going to say, I'm going to tap out now, you know, when this team really, really needs to pull this W out because the one we didn't get on Sunday. So I'm not that concerned there. Um, you know, as far as, you know, some of the other things, it, it's been really good. You know, the offensive side of the ball, look, Jacoby Brissett, week one, I, you know, there was some rust there. And it was it looked like a guy who was teetering the way the Browns handled training camp as far as who is the number one quarterback. You know, for me, it we always knew it was going to be Jacoby Brissett. And if you gave Deshaun Watson $238 million, Deshaun figured out, whenever you're ready to go and you're allowed to play, 
that's on you to be ready. I've got to get Jacoby Brissett ready to quarterback this team. The Browns didn't go that route. It was a little slow. Week two, a lot quicker, better, and more efficient. Took his first read. Found a way to get Amari Cooper more involved. Craziest thing for me, Chris, is to say the Browns offense is averaging 28 points a game. If yeah. I told anybody this going into this, oh, Browns would be 2-0. and Well, the one thing nobody saw coming was the Browns defense giving up 27 and a half. Um, the secondary struggles, um, it's inexcusable. It's all the way to put it. Your cornerbacks are both first-round picks. Danzel Ward has gotten a big, fat contract extension. John Johnson III is making a ton of money. Grant Delpit is a player the Browns have a ton of faith in. Uh, Martin Emerson, uh, the uh, you know he comes in in third-down opportunities. have been kicking Newsom down to play slot cornerback. Emerson has been solid to this point, even giving up a touchdown last week. Still graded out very well. Um, it's inexcusable. There is it's way too much invested. And, Chris, there's no excuses. It's not a new defensive coordinator. It's not a new scheme. It's not a new DB coach. It's really not new participants. There's no excuses for this. I, I feel you. Uh, I, I get the sense that, you know, there's a bit of impatience. Not impatience, but I guess of, like, thin patience for some of the guys that need to deliver, you know, you pay a Denzel Ward, you pay a John Johnson, you need that group to carry. And you need, when you're missing the guy that you paid a lot of money, Deshaun Watson, you need guys to step up and carry your team, just like the Steelers need guys to carry while TJ Watts out. Uh, you know, it's the same sort of situation, you know, two big guys that are very important for these organizations and neither are available. Uh, so I, I feel you on that entirely. As for the Steelers, I think it's a little different of a concern at the quarterback position. You know, the Browns are waiting for Deshaun Watson's suspension and the Steelers can pull the trigger anytime they want on the Kenny Pickett situation. All right, well, let's get to this. Cause this is where <laughs> I want to go with this. No, no, no. Do you think this is Mr. Trubisky's last start? Because the ideal scenario is to go into a long period. I agree. And tell Kenny Friday morning, you know, and cause I think this is kind of similar to 2018 for the Browns when it was Tyrod Taylor and everybody knew it was like, well, when's it going to be Baker? Their hand was forced, and ironically enough, it was week three on a Thursday night against the New York Jets. Tyrod <laughs> Taylor got hurt. Baker came in, and then it was his show from there. But, like, for me, this really feels like – and I think it's got to be a little awkward for the guys, the skill players, because it's like, I'll do all I can for you, Mitch. But, <laughs> I mean, it could be in the next play. It could be in the next five minutes. It could be in the next five days that you ain't the guy anymore and it's going to be the picket era. There is a bit of that going around. There's right now there's a big debate in Pittsburgh, whether it's more of a Mitch Trubisky problem or a big Matt Canada problem. I think the tape makes it clear. It's a Mitch Trubisky problem. I think there's been plenty of open guys that have been schemed open there. I mean, there was a play uh, against the Patriots where there was a rub route where it was perfectly designed. Both defenders run into each other. It frees up two receivers and Mitch Trubisky threw at none of them. He runs to the side and then allows himself to get sacked inbounds when he slowed up, and that ran the clock out for the half and a two-minute drill. Um, he's made too many mistakes like that, and I truly do think this could be a situation where even if the Steelers found a way to win with him not playing really well, if he doesn't show any sign of growth, any sign of he can see the field comfortably, I do think you could see Kenny Pickett against the New York Jets in, in week four, because uh, it's going to be a long week. It's going to be, you have the full weekend and a, and a full week to, uh, to prepare for it. Um, you know, I think the biggest question is do Mike Tomlin and the Steelers feel like he is ready for that moment? They want to protect him. You know, they wanted to, they wanted to give him time to play. They also wanted to give Mitch Trubisky time to figure himself out. I think they wanted to see, Hey, you're a veteran. We want to give you the respect of a veteran uh, coming in here, but 
neither performance in my book has been satisfactory. I thought the first performance you could give him a pass against the Bengals and say, well, you know what? The, the Steelers went in with a game plan to just not turn the ball over and trust their defense to win the game, which it did. But against the Patriots, they dialed up some shot plays and he just refused to take them. And I think that was the biggest problem there. So could this be the last time that we see Mitch Trubisky start for a Steeler? Maybe if it was my book, it would be. Um, I covered Kenny Pickett at the University of Pittsburgh for two years. And uh, I think that man has a heart of a champion. I think that he can be a true leader in the NFL. Uh, but but the Steelers, they like to take their time. They like to develop guys. They like they don't like to rush things, you know, and that's on all things. They don't like to have knee-jerk reactions about coaches, about hires, about fires. They don't like to do any of that. So they might take their time on this. They might wait to the bye week to make this move. But it's becoming clearer and clearer that, that the move does need to be made at some point. Just not sure if they will pull the trigger after this week if Mitch Trubisky has another rough one. See, and this is where it's difficult because this is kind of what the Browns went through last year. The Browns had nine games where the defense gave up 16 points or less, and he came out of the wrong end of a lot of those games. Yeah. And if you're the Steelers, you what would you do? 17-14 last week. you got to look and say, hey, can he pick it, get us more than 14 points? Because if Kenny Pickett get us more than 14 points, we're 2-0 right now in a yep. situation that maybe we didn't even think we we're going to be in. So it's a really, really tough spot to be in. Um, you don't want to rush him. But then again, you know, Kenny is not your typical rookie, um, you know, even though he is the, you know, only first round uh, rookie quarterback drafted this year. But I mean, you know, nobody could have had a better scenario basically where it was like, we'll pack your bags and we're going to move and it's going to be two minutes across the street, young man. Uh, so we'll see the way it all works out and the way it all plays out. Um, we're going to get some matchups here uh, on crossover, uh, crossover Wednesday, which there you go. used to be. Now it's crossover Thursday, but crossover Wednesday this week for Thursday night, First Energy Stadium. Uh, I think the last line we're looking at is Browns currently as a five-point favorite. A lot of that's going to have to do with the way the injuries shake out over the next couple of days. Jeff Lloyd, Chris Carter, key matchups, game predictions, final thoughts, all this stuff coming up. Thanks, everybody, for being around for the ride. Coming up in just a minute here on Crossover Wednesday. But first, we got to talk to you guys about LinkedIn. Now, if you don't know about LinkedIn, you, as you're gearing up for fall, if you're a small business owner, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you to find the people that you want to talk to to help you run your business on all cylinders. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like the screening questions can make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience to, so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering questions quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every, every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job posting for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back here on Crossover Wednesday here on Locked On Steelers, Locked On Browns. I'm Chris Carter. He's Jeff Lloyd. Jeff. Let's talk about let, let, let's talk about some matchups here. Take me through what you're seeing as far as big matchups for for the Browns that you're looking forward to seeing. Well, look, I mean, Chris, I know you've talked about this, and maybe this is difficult to judge right now. You know, uh, you know, Harris is not playing probably at 100. percent You know, and Mitch Trubisky's not giving me everything you want. Um, but it, as I said, I think Miles Garrett's going to play in this game, and you know, for the Browns being without Jadavian Clowney, look, that's tough. There's no way around it. Being without Chase Winovich. Chase Winovich has not been much of a factor to this point mm. yet. 
Third round rookie Alex Wright has played better to him this point, shown at least to be you know smart enough. And to his credit, look, Chase Winovich is the smallest Ian in the room. Everybody else, these six foot five, two seventy guys. Alex Wright's been been impressive because even though he's not getting home, using the big frame, getting the arms in the air. So it's been impressive to see that. Um, Isaiah Thomas played a little bit last week. He's the rookie seventh round pick at Oklahoma. That's been impressive. Um, he's just a toolsy player. He's more like the headier player. But Isaac Rochelle, who had a fantastic summer for this team, is going to get a lot of reps Thursday night. Um, and, you know, he's a veteran. He's certainly got a calling card within this league. So, you know, I do have some, you know, I, I do have some still hope for this Browns, you know, edge group. And, you know, Tommy Togiai looks like maybe he's going to be a guy who's going to take a step up here and be a good part of this room. Jordan Elliott, there's flashes. Perrion Winfrey, it's going to be interesting. He's going to have to kind of prove himself this week. Definitely got himself in the doghouse last week here. But uh, some thoughts here about, you know, Brown's defensive line. I know the Steelers. Chris, I see the post. I see where you're promoting things. I know you're a little confused here. Is it the skill? Is the offensive line not giving them what they need? Tell us what it's all about offensive line-wise. Offensive line-wise, I actually say they're ahead of where I projected them to be right now, pass protection-wise. They are doing a really good job giving Mitch Trubisky a pocket. He's even said all the he's taken three sacks so far. He puts them all on himself, and rightfully so. He ran into all of them. Um, you know, against the Bengals, his only sack was when he ran out of bounds when he had three yards in front of him that he could have just easily gotten, you know, more positive yardage on. But, um, you know, I, I think pass pass protection wise, they're communicating. They're picking up blitzes. The Bengals try to send a lot of stuff at them. They picked it up. The Patriots try to send a lot of stuff at them. They picked that up. The biggest thing is I think they need to improve in run blocking. Um, but also for Najee Harris, he has to improve in his vision. There's been times where he hasn't hit the right hole. And maybe part of it is because his foot isn't 100 percent. And as much as he says, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm 100 percent we've seen Najee Harris at hundred percent. The man's extremely explosive and just jumps out of a jumps out of the frame. And uh, you can see that there's a bit of a limitation there on him, but he's confident enough and he's confident enough to be on the field. So I, I think that the offensive line is uh, for the Steelers. It's not the weakness that people thought it was. I, I think it's, it's still not a strength, but the pass protection is holding up. And I do think there's going to be a big question. Can miles Garrett exploit Dan Moore jr.? Um, you know, to, for, for big gains, you know, last year, Dan Moore Jr. as a rookie was able to just survive at the position uh, in those games with the Steelers. They schemed up ways. And Mike Tomlin said, you know, we better scheme up ways to help our offensive tackles in this game, because if we leave them out there one on one. That's asking for the Browns strength to get at. Them. And that was before, of course, that he knew that Jadavion Clowney would be would be out for the week. But still, Miles Garrett, one of the best players in the NFL. you got to respect that. And I think the Steelers do. You'll see them counter that uh, on the flip side. I think a major matchup for the Steelers is just that their defensive front versus the the Browns offensive line and specifically Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt because I I look at the at the Browns offense Jacoby Brissett is fine to manage a game when there's balance there when there's opportunity there but you know if you're the Steelers you want him to force to beat you to beat you by himself you don't want him to come off play action and, and have your linebackers thinking you want to take away Nick Chubb. You want to limit him. You can't, you know, last week the Jets found, found a way to win, uh, but Nick Chubb had three touchdowns. If Nick Chubb has three touchdowns in this game, the Browns are going to win. The Steelers have to find a way to limit him. They did a great job shutting down Joe Mixon in the first week. They were doing, they were doing a good job taking out the Patriots until that final drive when their offense, when, when the offense just kept putting them back out there and eventually they got tired. TJ Watt may not be in there, 
but Cam Hayward still is. Larry Ogunjobi is there on the team. Alex Highsmith is there. Malik Reed is is fine. And both uh, both Miles Jack and Devin Bush have played well. Devin Bush was noted for a foot injury, but now he was a full participant, a participant in practice on Tuesday, so a good sign for him. If that run defense unit holds it down, the Steelers' secondary is experienced and talented enough to make it so that Jacoby Brissett is going to have to be accurate and consistently accurate all throughout the game to move the ball down the field. I, that's why I truly think this comes down to, you know, the Browns have a talented offensive line. Can they control the line of scrimmage? Can they give Nick Chubb free room to run? If they do, that I think is the Browns' biggest weapon in their favor. If they don't, I think that's the biggest thing the Steelers' defense can use to kind of set up tougher situations for Jacoby Brissett and maybe force him into some tough mistakes. Uh, well, the first thing which Jacoby Brissett is, look, he found his way with Amari Cooper, which was huge. And, and, you know, they literally sat down after week one and it was like Jacoby's like, all right, well, when do you need the ball delivered? Because like all over week one, the tape was Amari Cooper was open all day long. And Jacoby Brissett wasn't able to process it fast enough. Mm. So they did a much, much better job. Nine targets on Sunday, nine for over 100 and a touchdown. That's what you're looking for. This is why you made the move to bring in a player like Amari Cooper. The Browns running game, the entire key is your edge play versus either the tight end or the tackle. Are you getting hard and aggressive to that outside shoulder? Because the sooner the running back has to start looking for the cutback lanes, the better the chances are for the defense to stop it. And the right. Jets were pretty good with it early. But Coach uh, Stefanski you know, basically was able to counteract that. There were screens to Najoku. There were screens to Chubb. So, yes, everything's going to the right, but we're going left. So now you got to start playing a little bit more disciplined. And then once Jacoby Brissett was able to kind of find a zone, what do you have to do? Then you're not going nine in the box. Then you went eight. Then you went seven. And that holds the cards for the, the Browns every single time. The key is going to be for the Browns establishing passing early and getting positivity out of it. Because once you do that, you can't commit that many players to the run. And whether it's Nick with this athleticism or Kareem, who loves kind of like the cutbacks or even when guys are chasing after him, because Kareem's good. Nick's going to get you tired chasing him. And Kareem yeah. don't care. He'll run through you. That's just his right. mentality. Like even his running back coaches said, we need him to be more patient. <laughs> well, it's been two years now you've been saying it. It's not going to happen. Kareem runs like a wild man, like his hair's on fire. <laughs> so that's the key. And, you know, look, Jacoby Brissett, it's about efficiency. And they still have not taken a shot play yet. And wow. I'm not sure against Minka Fitzpatrick that this is the week you want to do it unless you have something perfectly drawn up where, you know, Minka is, you know, within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And that's and this is one thing that still rolls over. It's still Stefanski. It was Baker. It was Jacoby. It's like, guys, are we ever going to let one rip? Because, I mean, you've got some guys out there who are capable of you know, making vertical plays. We know Mark Cooper's done it in the past. Donovan Peoples-Jones, that was his strength coming into this year before week one when he was six for 60, was, which is such an odd stat line for him. Anthony Schwartz, it's hard because week one, he was involved. Week two, they played the rookie David Belmore. So, you know, it, it, we'll see how it works this week, but you got to take a couple of shot plays, man. You, you got to take some of the heat off of you. Look, even if you end up throwing it out of bounds, that's fine. You got to show them you're willing to do it. And that's it's still, after three years with the Coach Spansky offense, it's something we haven't really seen yet. It's something that you need in an offense when you don't have, like, you can live with that if you have, you know, a. a a, a, a Josh Allen, even though Josh Allen, he takes plenty of shots as well. But like when you have a quarterback, can we just say this real quick safely? 
Oh my so God, no, Buffalo is the number one seed. It's yeah, they're, done. They're, it's they're, over. Right. It's cooked. The chicken is cooked. I, I don't. I don't know they how you ridiculous. can with that team. They, 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 and they added Vaughn Miller. Like they, they, they yeah. lost. They lost in the playoffs, and they said, "Okay, let's go get the guy who won the helped the Rams win the Super Bowl that last year." Um, they, they are unstable. Look unstoppable. And now, granted, I've I've seen teams look unstoppable and burn themselves out, but they sure. got a lot of different ways to beat you. And I think that's the toughest thing about how this. How and forty one last night, they didn't even have Gabe Davis. It was it was ridiculous. Um, so that being said, I, I do think that they're tough. I guess my other question to you, Jeff, about about the the, the Cleveland the, the Cleveland defense, this secondary. You talk about how they the it's no excuses. They need to communicate better. What is going on with this group? Because Grant Delpit, you know, once upon a time was talked about like he was going to be a top ten pick. Denzel Ward is a top ten pick. John Johnson is a guy you guys paid for. Greg Newsom's a, a first. What is what is the the thing that's blocking this unit from being a top tier unit? Well, there's a couple things, and one thing for me seems a little bit silly. Um, and maybe it's not truly the case, but Anthony Walker wears the green dot. Look, if the issue right now is coverage and secondary, put it on John Johnson the third. If yeah. the secondary is slow in what's going on, maybe they need the information as fast as possible. And literally, I mean, if John Johnson's telling it to the huddle, it could be like, you know, a fist, you know, elbow this way to the guys on the right, to the guys on the left. This is what we're looking for. This is what we're doing. But it, it, it's, it's lack of communication. Because in you know, there was one, um, you know, Breeze Hall cut a touchdown right before halftime. Nobody covered him. For me, it was obvious because, you know, the way the setup was is, you know, outside guy corner, second guy safety right. or nickel. And then it was the back out. It leaves it on the linebacker, which was J-OK. But the problem is, is why are we pointing fingers after it went down? You know, look, it's got to be, you know, you know, I got it. You know, like all the communication seems to be way like seems to be after the fact. And once that happens once now, everybody's kind of outthinking themselves. Mm. Look, you know, at the end of the day, like there's the old line, you know, you look at the back of a player's card. That's the player they're going to be. Those are the stats. Those are the type of player they are. But I think they're a little bit in each other's head. The way it was handled this week was poorly. It should have been a unified front. Look, a lot of miscommunication. There's no excuse for it. And, you know, the way it was put down, you know, and everybody, you know, and look, it's always going to happen with any team. Oh, is there something more? Look, was it handled right? No. Um, Does this team need to know that they absolutely have to play better? Like the mistake for the Robbie Anderson week one for the 75-yard touchdown, that was an aggressive mistake. So you kind of understand that one. But these things do faster, and this is where you end up some this week. And look, and some of it, if you're Joe Woods, Look, I, I, we have money everywhere. First round picks, second round picks, free agent picks. Every now and then, let's go a little man. I mean, look right. at you. And I think that's part of maybe some of the frustration because Denzel Ward and you know Greg Newsom had a phenomenal game last year against the Bengals. And they're like, all of a sudden, you know, we can't cover. I mean, and look, Garrett Wilson's going to be a star. We all know that. But I can't go man on man with a rookie. I can't go man on man with a Corey Davis. Like, you know, so I think some of it in, you know, some of it needs to be predicated like what, you know, uh, this is what I like to play, but this is what I have. I, you know, it's a, it's a, obviously, you know, it's certainly something you got to keep your eyes on a short week. If it was a whole week, you know, whatever you think, look, we can find a way to squash it. We can go through a million extra drills, uh, you know, an extra 15 minutes of tape. So look, this is what they've run. This is what we've seen this far. They run this 15% of the time in third and long. Who's got who, who's got who, you know, you don't have that much time on a Thursday night game. So we'll see if it gets better. I think it will get better. Look, I mean, they're all talented. Cream rises to the crop. Even 
when you have circumstances like as petty as they seems like they have right now. We'll we'll certainly see if those circumstances carry over into Thursday night football. We got some we got some final looks at like the turning points of the game and our final predictions of what we see coming up on Thursday night football for Steelers Browns. But first, we got to talk to you guys about BetOnline.net. Of course, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. If you need to know about what's going on in the NFL and how to put money down, you go to bet online at any point in time. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the the NFL season, which is now hit week three. All the actions right there. Also, Major League Baseball playoffs warming up and just around the corner is NBA and NHL. Best place to get prepared for all of that is Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action when you visit Bet Online, where the game starts. Back here on Crossover Wednesday, switching it up here for the Thursday night football game. It's Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns. Jeff, we've talked about matchups. We've talked about you know, questions as far as what teams are looking at, what they, both these teams are looking at. Both are one-on-one. One. Both need a win to put themselves at the top of the division for the week. But, Jeff, let give me your what you think is the turning point in this game, like the, the, the where you think this game turns in the direction that's going to lead to the winner. Give me And then give me your final score and prediction and how the game plays out. I, I think because of the desperateness of this, I think the Browns are going to find a way to pull this out. I, I think, you know, and look, Mitch Trubisky, it's either I, I don't make a, a decisive decision, and then when I do, I make the wrong one. Yeah. I mean, you know, until this time in Pittsburgh, you know, and even week one, give him credit because, you know, his overtime drop was fantastic. You know, he went out there and did what he had to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I was saying earlier, you know, the back of your car is the back of your car. And Mitch Trubisky, you know, and, you know, and look, I even think Mitch knows. It's like, well, yeah. Wait, I'm still the guy. I'm still the guy. You know, like he knows it's only a matter of time because now this is going to be the career for Mr. Bisky. Um, I think for the Browns also, they're going to find a way to, you know, that run game. And it's, this is where it's tough. And for both defenses are going to have this issue. If we're beat up and tired because it's a short week and we know this on the defensive side of the ball for both teams, what usually wins as far as running the ball? The offense is going to win because you know what you're doing. It's harder to, you know, and I think for the Browns, look, the Browns still have Dearness Johnson. Hasn't taken a snap yet this year. Mm. Maybe they'd be in a position where they can dress him this week because they have a need. Like, you know, they didn't need to do it in the past. Jerome Ford. You know, so they have a couple of weapons in the running game who could be 100% fresh going into this that they can exploit if they want to. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think it's going to be, look, I, I, Browns winning a game right now by, you know, anything other than a point is something I would never predict. Um, you know, Cade York, the, the kicking has been fine to this point. Missed an extra point last week. Yeah, we understand that, 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 that the way it all worked out. But that was the, you know, in the mountain of things that went wrong, closing that out. Uh, that was the least of it. Uh, but I think the Browns will win a close one here. And, you know, I, I think it's either going to be that Mitch Trubisky doesn't try hard enough to make a play or Mitch Trubisky tries too hard to make a play. And now you kind of have a – this is where it's going to be difficult for him too is you got a pissed off around secondary. They're fired up because, mm-hmm. like, people are talking about him like they ain't good. And, you know, I'm sure that's certainly rubbing some guys within that locker room the same way. Now, now kicking at Pittsburgh-wise, you know, I mean, you know, Harris, we know there's a little bit of an injury and everybody, look, nobody is 100% going with Thursday night game. Right. Not even sinking close. So for what Harris is probably going to do Thursday night is, you know, just shows where he's at mentality-wise as far as his commitment to his organization. It's impressive. 
you know, what's something that you think you might be looking at or something that can make a difference as far as how this one goes out? I think the biggest thing for the Steelers is their defense has to get back to the business of, of creating turnovers. And I know that's tough for people, you know, they're going to say, well, there's no TJ Watt. So that's a really rough situation. But I, I think this is a game where if you can find a way to stop the run, if you can, again, take care of, take care of Nick, Nick Chubb and, and, and Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson and make it so that they just can't crush you. Uh, you know, I think this becomes a different kind of a game and it allows the secondary, it allows the Steelers to force turnovers uh, because this is a different defense than last year. You know, last year they ranked dead last in run defense. Miles Jack has really boosted up the, the linebacker position. Devin Bush has really improved at the linebacker position. Larry Ogunjobi is not the, th the third and fourth string defensive tackles that the Steelers were rolling out last season. Uh, Alex Highsmith has improved. Uh, and granted, no TJ Watt is a big burden to carry, but Malik Reed is. But no Jadavian Clowney. So for this one, for this, that's kind of like a, okay, well, you lose something, I lose something. Well, I, I, I'd gather that the Browns would take that trade every day of the week. If you were, if that's like, that's like giving up a queen for a rook in chess a bit there. <laughs> Jeff is, Jeff is giving me the most of the idea, but point being, point being, uh, you know, but the Steelers' run defense is a little bit better than is a little bit better than I think our people are ready to give it credit to TJ Watt. And I think what you're going to have here is going to have a, a a game where both teams are trying to not make the first mistake. And I think that was what Very happened true. last week. And last week, crazy enough, it wasn't Mitch Trubisky that made the killer mistake. He just didn't have a great game. Gunnar Olszewski fumbled a punt, and that put the, that put the Patriots in in the red zone, and then they capitalized and taking that into the end zone, and that was the winning score. If they don't get that, the Steelers might win the last week. I don't think that they have that kind of bad luck twice, but I think it's a similar situation. You know, it was 17-14 for the Steelers in a loss last week. I predicted that they would win 16-13. I'm saying a similar thing here. I'm going to go 20 to 17 2014 like in that range they come out with a close win but i i don't I, I don't blame you for picking the browns i don't think that i think this this is like this is a toss-up game in a lot of ways both teams neither are, one of the, neither one of us are making this pick with much confidence yeah this is like a hey I, I think this could break this certain way um you know but you know both teams have their strengths and i think it'll be about who can assert their strength faster in this game to force the other to make a bad play or make a, make a mistake or, you know, or just take advantage of the mistake made because like the Patriots didn't force Gunnar Olszewski to fumble. He just fumbled it. And then they were able to capitalize on, on that moment. And sometimes it just comes down to that. So I'll be curious to see how both teams handle it and which quarterback takes like the first big shot down the field. But I, I can assure Browns fans, it has not been, it has not been there. Has there hasn't been any real shots taken by Mitch Trubisky um, as far as a quarterback, as far as quarterbacking goes? And he's got oh no! If you were a fan of Don Coriel at any point in your life, this is not going to be the game for you. No, <laughs> this is going. This is going to be nineteen. This is going to be eighties football, but you know the bad eighties football, like the the the, the when it's just lots of lots of uh, three three yards and a cloud of dust type of stuff here uh, with probably over some, under some twelve punts. Right I'll take the over. I'll take the over on 12 punts. I think it, it could, it could be there. I would not, I don't even know what the, the what the over under as far as the, um, uh, as far as the, you know, the, the total point of total points scored in this game, but whatever it is, I'll probably take the under. Cause I just don't think it's going to be great there. So there you have it. Uh, Jeff says close win Browns. I say close win Steelers. Neither of us have this being a high scoring affair. I, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup either way because both of these teams need this win, and both of these teams had have marquee faces on their roster that the NFL wants to pay attention to. So it's going to be a fun one either way. Jeff, 
It's, it's always awesome to do our crossovers with you, man. We look forward to doing it again later in the year when these two teams meet. Hopefully they're both a lot healthier by, by then. Um, let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Um, you know, well, as everybody knows, you know, uh, as far as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, um, Locked On Browns, you know, YouTube now, probably since about May, the growth there has been fantastic as we, you know, everybody here at the networks just takes these shows to the next level, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, of course, you know, follow, subscribe, you know, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, uh, Chris Carter at Carter's Critiques. Um, and the thing is, is, you know, we get to do this, but like within division, like it's a whole different ball game here now. Like some of mm-hmm. these hosts that we have here, we may talk in passing once every couple of seasons and that yeah. even might be through a message or whatever. Um, but through the AFC North, you know, like Chris is like family, the boys over locked on Bengals, uh, you know, little brother, Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. Ostriker down there in Boston. I was going to say, he's going to leave out Kevin like that? Come on, man. Oh, we ain't going to leave out <laughs> Kevin like that. And it's always awkward when we get, we're all in the same room and we got Kevin with us because Kevin's a little more subdued than everybody else. So, <laughs> um, but we have a blast here. And, you know, I mean, it, the fact that we all do this, you know, for a gig and you, they take care of us like they do, it's fantastic. But, you know, we all just have a ton of fun with it. And look, it, it, it's Browns and Steelers. It's Thursday night football, you know. Everybody's going to amp it up to be a lot more than it is. And hell yeah, man. As you kick off to your weekend here in September, you know, the, the, the good weather's, you know, slowly, slowly dissipating away. Great way, you know, great way to start a weekend here. Make sure you listen to Lockdown Steelers Friday morning, Lockdown Browns Friday morning. <laughs> so we're going to go late now. We got all the content you're all going to want. Absolutely. Do check out both shows, Locked On Steelers, Locked On Browns, to get all of your Steelers and Browns updates. We hope that you enjoyed the show. I'm Chris Carter, host of Locked On Steelers. He's he's Jeff Lloyd, uh, host of Locked On Browns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Carter Critiques. You can also read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, where I cover University of Pittsburgh's sports teams. We got uh, Pitt football. They got Rhode Island this weekend. I'd bet the over on that one. I think that they're going to trounce those guys, but it'll be interesting once they start ACC play. Jeff, thanks for doing this again. Check out both our shows. It's going to be a fun one Thursday night, and again, we will have both our episodes up as soon as we can after these games are over. It'll be fun.